Now, sound off and let your voice be heard. Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, and please let your voice be heard this morning. And you can do that by simply calling us at 722-0839. That's 218-722-0839. And Kenny, let's uh, let's let them know how to do this. First of all, if you want to get on the air or talk to us face-to-face, call that number, 218-722-0839. On your cell phone or your smartphone, just hit the call button. It'll put you right through to the studio. Now, if you want to get your word out to us, but you don't want to talk on the air, do the same thing. Call that number, but don't hit the call button. Hit the message button on your smartphone or your uh, Android phone, and that'll allow you to text us right to the studio. Kenny will read them, and if he thinks there's something worth putting on the air, he will put you on the air. If you don't want to be quoted by name, just say that in the text message. Say, please don't use my name. Okay? Yeah. Any, anyway, at uh, at the first convenience, Kenny, when we get a shot, uh, let me talk to you off the air for a minute. I have some information that you might be interested in. Okay. I wasn't sure uh, what you meant by that, uh, but Bradley, yeah. um, uh, we heard a lot of this yesterday in St. Paul. We certainly did. Ten times. Oh, my God, what a game. I, you know, <laughs> without going too crazy... I got to say it was probably the finest effort I've ever seen from the boys. And you were absolutely right. Our Swedish goaltender was flopping all over the ice like a tuna. And finally, in the third period, they pulled him and put in Flurry instead. And Flurry did let in, I think, one goal, maybe. Two. I, I don't know. Two. It, was it two? Yeah. Okay. But he, he got stopped the win. a lot of shots. Yes, and we got the win. Exactly. Uh, Minnesota now, beat Vancouver, Brad, 10-7. To 7-7. Seven. To seven. The <laughs> attendance last night was 19,024. Full house. There were a lot of kids in the crowd. It was uh, uh, G, uh, Generation G Day or whatever it was. Oh, okay. And okay. a lot of people were there for the first time, I understand, a lot of young people. And they're going to always expect this maybe in the future, but this is not <laughs> a normal uh, hockey game that we saw no. yesterday. No. And then when you saw Eric Sinek get his third goal and got a hat trick, everybody throwing their hats out on the ice, you wondered why there were any hats left yeah. when Krill got his with about 1.6 seconds left in the game. Well, I'm looking at this score sheet, the game summary. There were 17 go- goals were sc- scored. And it's wow. just amazing looking at this. I mean, I look at these often, and uh, I've never seen anything like this and probably never will again in my lifetime. But uh, stars of the game last night, number three was uh, um, Miller, uh, Jay Miller, what was his first name? He got the hat trick for Vancouver, so they gave him for the third Vancouver, star. right. Uh, Caprice. And Vancouver, by the way, is the number one team in, the, in their division. They are. They're the number one team in the league, if I'm not mistaken, record-wise. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Jay Miller, uh, first, or I'm sorry, third star of the game. Number two star, Kirill Kaprizov. Uh, he had the hat trick. And uh, Jewel Erickson Eck, the number one star of the game, also a hat trick. And my goodness, just, I mean, we can go I on mean, and on about this. But and assists and it's crazy. they just swarmed the net in the third period. It was like watching bees all over the place. They were just everywhere. The puck was finding the back of the net, and it was quite a game. I went home 
And the game started at 1 o'clock. Uh, they dropped the puck at 109. The game ended at 346, and I got home yeah, right before 3 o'clock, and I thought, oh, that's right, the game's on. I thought, well, i got to make my uh, special uh, dip that I make with my chips and get my pop and stuff, and i got to watch this game. I knew they were losing. <laughs> Brad, I get into the living room, I turn it on, and I see all these hats flying on the ice. I thought, whoa, what's going on? And yeah. I see 6-5, to five and I'm thinking, oh, well, they, they're still down by a goal. And then I look again, I'm like, wait a second, they got a 6-5 lead. <laughs> yeah. Well, I forget I, I forget what the time frame was, but d- didn't they score like five goals in like five minutes and something? Or I mean, it was an incredibly short period of time. Yeah, they scored just at the end of the second period. Zuccarello got that goal late in the second period. And then 29 seconds into the third, Eck. Uh, and then 123, Kaprizov, 144, Eck, 448, Rossi, 512, Kaprizov. So there you go, man. It was just incredible. And uh, Now, I- tonight, I don't think you're going to see as much scoring, but you might see a very physical hockey game tonight. In, in Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Yeah, 7 yeah. o'clock, drop of the puck. You can listen to Wild Hockey on 710 AM, the game. Remember, this is the team that uh, cross-checked from behind, krilled twice, and injured him, got, yes. a, got him out of the lineup for Good seven point. games. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's been a, a lot of mention, evidently, in the newspapers up there about Hartman, how Hartman uh, took a stick to somebody's face, evidently, uh, in the last uh, get-together. And he said in the uh, St. Paul paper this morning, he said, uh, evidently they've painted me up to be a villain. And you know what? I like being the villain. Well, he needs to start scoring some goals. Uh, That game yesterday, Hartman wasn't on the uh, goal scoring sheet. He got one assist. He did draw a penalty or had a penalty for interference. And this guy's a a goal scorer. He needs to start getting on the uh, goal scoring map. He needs uh, to put it in the back. One of the, you know, they kind of moved him. They've dropped him down to the fourth line now. I think. Well, he's got to start producing. I was really struck by the fact that the Wild had four five-on-three opportunities. You just don't see that in a game. So they had five on. They had four five-on-three opportunities, and they scored three goals. So three for four on the five-on-three. Yeah, and in the past when they've had that, they've struggled to even get a goal, period. But uh, they, they they were much more aggressive towards the net. So, And, you know, and great game, Vancouver's man. got a great goalie. He's got a great goalie. Well, so, I don't know if he's their great goalie. They have this other one who's oh, right? probably a little oh. better. But uh, DeSmith oh, was okay. the goalie last night. Demko is the one that uh, has been kind of lights out. So Now, was... Winnipeg, is that the team that we got our new defenseman from? Yes, Declan Chisholm was a draft pick, I think a first rounder of the yeah. Winnipeg Jets, and they put him on waivers. He just they he couldn't crack that line. Well, what yeah, what I've read is that they had six very strong goal, uh, defenders, and he just couldn't crack through, you know, any of them because they were all you know could be considered all star type defenders. And yeah, so it's going to be an interesting game tonight. We'll see. Anyway, lots of things going on. Hey, uh, I, I know we got more information that has come out on the shooter. Uh, we, I, I think we broke it yesterday. Kenny had gotten the information from Alpha News down in the Twin Cities, the name of the shooter, 
Shannon, uh, Shannon Cortez Golden, but a lot more information. We talked yesterday that he had applied for and got back his firearms, but he didn't. He did apply for them, but it turned out he was refused. Uh, by a judge in Hennepin County to get his firearm privileges back. Okay. I'm, so when I'm, he did this. I'm yeah. glad you're clearing this up because that's what I thought. I didn't want to butt in. But, okay, so he yeah. he requested to have his um, uh, able to carry guns, but right. he didn't get that approved. Right. The, the uh, court uh, documents show clearly that the judge refused him because he had had some additional... Uh, uh, cases of, uh, uh, what do you want to call it, Uh, domestic abuse, I guess. Uh, And, you know, his his attorney tried, when they filed for getting his firearm uh, responsibilities put back in, his attorney said that, well, you know, he's he's really turned his life around. He applied. He's got an associate degree from Dakota County Technical College. He's been working at the same collision repair center for seven years. You know, and that all sounds fairly good. But they didn't happen to bring up the fact that he had two additional domestic assault charges. One where he'd headbutted the girlfriend that he had and then kicked the feet out from under and sent her down a flight of stairs. And when the judge in this case finally got all the information back, uh, the judge uh, simply said, "No, uh, you're not going to. Well, we're not. You know, you've just shown an attitude uh, that to prevent future dangerous acts, because she said the the attorney or the judge in this Dakota County District Judge Dana Edwards wrote motion to restore restore firearm rights denied." Because felons like you who have been convicted and continue to do types of things like domestic assault end up with violence more likely to reoffend if we give you that right back. So luckily, somebody got smart along the way. But where did he get these firearms then from? Because he wasn't able to buy them legally. But, you know, that's not stopped bad guys from getting firearms before. Candy, uh, we have, speaking of firearms, we have somebody that can probably relate a little of some, how, the, how some of this works. You know, Candy, I don't know if you want to talk about that but, uh, uh, or not, but bad, bad guys, criminals, do seem to be able to get firearms, but not through legal processes like dead-on shooting range. No, of course not. It's, you know, it's like anything else that's illegal, whether it be drugs or anything, you know, that people have their ways of getting things of, you know, that that are not the, the right way. But right. at that on arms, we always, always make sure to go the right route as far as getting people their firearms. We do their uh, their federal background check. We make sure they have a valid permit, a valid ID on them. And, you know, if, if there's anything fishy with the transaction, we always would make sure to tell them, you know, I'm sorry, but I cannot sell you a firearm. We're, we're not going to give it to someone that seems like they're doing some funny business. Yep, absolutely. Well, this weekend, you uh, you had a show down at the deck. You were part of the sports show. And how did that go for you? Was the reception pretty good down there? Yeah, it went really well. Uh, we had a lot of people come into our booth the, all four days and had a lot of people talking to us for our classes, uh, asking questions about you know, what what the class allows them to do, where they can carry, uh, when we have them. So 
yeah, I thought it'd, it'd be a great idea to, to talk about, you know, the fact that we have classes two to three days a week, sometimes even more, just to accommodate the amount of people we have coming in for our permit to carry classes. The people don't realize yeah. that, you know, this is not the the old style class where you have to go for a couple days, eight hours a day. Our classes are short. They, they're maybe two and a half to three and a half hours, depending on how many questions there are. We get you in and out so you can you can get on the range and have fun and get on to buying your new gun. There you go. So you, you um, now, last time I talked to you, you've, you've been having classes on a very regular basis. You've, you have no, well, you have a schedule for classes, but if you feel the pressure is there to add classes, you'll do that. So you've got some spots available. If people want to get involved in the permit carry classes, can they still do it at this point? Oh, absolutely. We we still have classes that have openings in February, and our schedule is out on the website all the way through May of this year. But yeah, if we Super. end up filling those up, we'll always add more classes. Outstanding. So now you've got you you know you've got that going, but then in the state of Minnesota right now, we've got a controlled legislature. I call it the trifecta: the Democrats control the House, Senate, and the governorship, and it seems like they're hell-bent on trying to make it more and more difficult for law-abiding citizens to uh, even own any kind of gun, no matter what it is. Right, yeah. They, this new bill that they're uh, they're working on is, is basically going to, to ban almost every type of gun. Um, I mean, you're looking at shotguns, rifles, handguns, anything with over a 10-round magazine capacity and they they're looking at not even grandfathering in people that are current gun owners they want you to uh, to either give up your guns or you can register them with the the government so they can uh, have some more control over that so we've been talking to people that come in the store and that call us and even at the booth this weekend over at the the deck we've been telling people write to to your representatives call them Absolutely. you know find the petitions make sure you're heard because you're, you are the ones that are going to make them hopefully change their minds. Yeah, I think uh, that's you're right on the money with that. With uh, legislators, do listen to constituents because they know the constituents are the ones that get them elected or unelected. So, if you start putting a lot of pressure with letters and phone calls uh, to your uh, your legislators, uh, they'll listen. Uh, they they have to listen basically. So. You know, this this last law, you're absolutely right. The one that's out there now that they're trying to uh, get a hearing on would even outlaw regular magazine purchases, not extended magazines, but regular magazine for a handgun or a firearm. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, they're doing anything they can to make sure that you, you can't touch anything related to guns now. Well, I'll tell you what, folks, you're uh, you're listening to uh, Candy Fierro, the uh, owner of Dead On Firearms, Dead On Shooting Range, which is located eight miles up Highway 2, leaving Proctor. You'll find their beautiful building on the left-hand side of the road, uh, Highway 2, as you're going up. And they've got literally everything in that beautiful building. You've got a retail location where you can buy firearms, you can buy sighting equipment, reloading equipment, uh, just about anything, including clothing, anything to do with the firearm industry. And you can sign up for classes. You can take safety classes. You can even do things like date night with your significant other on a Friday after four o'clock. You can go and uh, 
have a time on the range and then go out and have dinner somewhere. It'll be a great time out for you. So dead on a shooting range, dead on arms, uh, and you can call them at area code 218-729-9689 or visit them online, as Candy said. Just go to dead on shooting range and all one word, dead on shooting range. You got a lot of information right there, but I would suggest just get in your vehicle and head on up there. You will be amazed. Candy, thank you so much again for your time today, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. All right, thanks. All right, thanks. Kenny, we got to take our first break. We'll be back right after this. KDAL. KDAL time is 11.39. High temp yesterday in Duluth was 36. We're up to 35 right now. 26. Yeah, 26 is the normal high. The low yesterday in Duluth was 9. Normal low is 7. Right now in Superior, Brad, 38 degrees. Got to be almost all the snow gone, even in the areas where they've piled it up pretty much. Well, there's areas where... Brad, we've gotten 17.7 inches of snow this winter. We're 44 inches below normal. The National Weather Service is still reporting a trace on the snow depth, and there is no snow. Again, there's areas in shade where some people have shoveled and plowed, but overall there's no snow. You know, we shouldn't laugh about this too much. This is a, getting to be a serious situation as far as potential droughts. It could be. Uh, for farmers it, yeah. and everything else this year, yeah. It, it's hard to complain that, you know, there's no snow. I, I like snow. I'm still a snowmobiler <laughs> at heart, even though I don't have a snowmobile. But, yeah, I do. I, I, it's it's hard to complain that if this weather is the way it is, but it is. Yeah, well, just uh, to follow up a little bit on this uh, story that we let off with, this the story that's all over the state of Minnesota about this uh, this uh, less than uh, desirable individual, Shannon Cortez Golden. Uh, it turns out, the uh, according to the latest reports, the shooter was subject to a lifetime ban for possessing firearms, court documents showed. Uh, two women previously requested protective orders against the Burnsville police shooter, Shannon Go- uh, Cortez Golden, um, but yet he was able to get firearms. Of course, like uh, like Candy said, if you're a bad person and your intent is to uh, get a firearm, you can buy them. You can buy them with serial numbers. Uh, you know, people break into homes, break into vehicles, steal. That's one thing they're always looking for because they can alter the uh, weapon to take away the identification, uh, and somebody will buy it, a gangbanger or somebody that's looking to do bad things. Golden 38 opened fire on multiple first responders after they were called to respond to a domestic abuse incident, which he was well known for. Uh, now, he, there's conflicting stories that are still out there this morning that he had been wounded in the leg in the shootout, and that he later died evidently from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head, although several officers returned fire during the incident. Uh, Godin 
whom Alpha News was the first to identify as the shooter, previously had been convicted of second-degree assault with a deadly weapon in 2008. But here's, here's what happens in these cases. He was sentenced to multiple years of probation. He was convicted of second-degree assault with a deadly weapon. After the conviction, Golden lost his right to possess firearms, possess them at all. Years after the conviction and completing his probation sentence, Golden applied to have his firearm rights restored. However, his petition for restoration of firearm rights was opposed by the Dakota County Attorney's Office. In opposing Golden's petition, the Dakota County Attorney's Office referenced domestic assault allegations involving Golden. He tried to say he had had nothing but minor traffic violations, and in fact, his traffic violations weren't even really that minor. But a women previously had filed for a protective order against him in 2017. The woman who requested the protective order shared one or more children with him. And it turns out these Seven children, I think, that were in the home were some of his, some of his girlfriends who was living there, some of his prior relationship children, uh, and he had filed to get, you know, more and more custody time with all of them. In the request for a protective order, the woman alleged, alleged that Godin had headbutted her in the face, which resulted in a concussion and black eye. Additionally, the woman claimed Godin threw her down the stairs. Um, the court did not authorize the protective order because the woman failed to appear in court. See, and that's fairly common, I understand, is that, you know, some woman will file charges for protective custody because the guy has acted like a, you know, just a bully. But then when it comes to actually going to court, she's either afraid to go to court against him or just refuses to do it because he's sucked up to her and made nice, nice, or whatever, and they failed to do it. Anyway, we'll continue this after CBS News, but uh, we got to go to CBS, and then we got a caller coming back. KDAL time is 1138, 35 degrees in Canal Park at the Army Corps of Engineers, and winds are out of the northeast, Brad, at about 8 miles an hour. Let's take a look out there. Uh, yeah, some little white caps, little chop out okay. on the big lake right now. Uh, no ice. Man. No ice at all, no. <laughs> hey, Brad, real quickly, I wanted to mention this yesterday, and I, I simply forgot. And uh, it was on February 18th, this uh, past Sunday. It was two years ago, February 18th, 2022, we lost Pat Ringgold. Oh, yeah. 69 years old, pancreatic cancer. Two years ago, we lost a good friend, uh, sponsor on this program. The whole community afforded. lost a great friend, no a guy doubt. that would go out of his way, especially with veterans issues. I mean, he he constantly he he provided a van for the honor guard, uh, for the Legion honor guard, their combined honor guard, and did that a couple of different times, and made sure that they had the ability to provide the services for funerals and other things. And he was always there to provide. Uh, benefits for veterans he did a lot for boxing and uh, just so he many did. things he was involved in oh yeah. and then what was the uh deal where people would donate the car they would get the car oh, ready well yeah for our purple heart group yeah uh, uh we you know we're the, probably the smallest military organization we consist of about 35 guys but you have to have been wounded in combat to be a member of the unit and he 
he would go out and recruit and find a car and then would bring it in and have his people work on it gratis, do any work that needed to be done. And then he worked out an agreement with the Lake Superior College auto body program to have it brought up there and have it reconditioned. And then on a Saturday or a Sunday, Saturday usually, they would auction it off yeah. over at Ben Afford. And we consistently made made more money than we could have ever made doing anything else yeah. as, a, as a military Purple Heart organization. That was great. You know, I bought a yeah. car from over there, and I'd go in there from time to time and be able to talk to him. And it just, I thought, man, this is a guy who owns this dealership, and here I am sitting in his office, and it's like we're good friends, and in a way we were. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and he uh, he helped out in so many other ways. It's almost impossible. I remember the the uh, Christmas things. He would have a Christmas tree over there, and they would pick a family to help every year. You could go and pick something off the tree that you were going to provide yourself. You became part of a community effort to get things. It was boy, it was just superb. Many yeah. of the things that he did. We had we had so much fun with him on the mornings that we we did the spot oh, for yeah. Benna. And he would joke, "This uh, Saturday we're going to have hot dogs, and maybe the guy that has, uh, you know, that drives the van is going to come in and get fifteen hot dogs. As long as he's feeding the kids, that's okay." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I remember many of the events. Uh, the the first events we had when Jungle Boy was really big into boxing, we had an event over at UW Superior, and uh, Pat had kind of organized a big part of it, and I was. Uh, part of the announcing crew that did the sidelight things and, and he came in he said he said yeah we we're running out of beer he said i never expected the the crowd like we have here uh he, he said they're they're telling me we're going to run out of beer before the second fight and i said well what do you do what did you do or what are you going to do he said i called a buddy of mine that's in a distributorship owns a distribution they're bringing a truck over loaded with beer good stuff it was Good he he was just a doer, a maker, yeah. a shaker. He'd yeah. make things happen. Yep. I can't believe he's gone. But two years ago, February 18th, we lost Pat Ringgold. And he was he was very instrumental in the dealerships over there. He had the vision of taking the Jeep and Chrysler dealership from where it had been, was kind of hidden away a little bit, and bringing them over onto... Belknap there, right, uh, you know, right where the rest of everything else was located, where his where his dealership was located there, and that actually happened before his passing. So, good, good guy. Uh, really miss him terribly. Many times think about him, and yeah, it's uh, the community lost a good friend there. That's for sure. Anyway, uh, let's wrap this story up. Uh, did we we did CBS News right? Do we yeah. still have Jeff on the phone? We do. Do we have Jeff? Let's get to Jeff. Jeff, are you there? Yeah, good morning. Uh, you guys are right on. I, I miss Pat Ringel, too. I I bought a truck from him, and uh, my mother needed a car, and he, he made the deal. You know, he would look you in the eye, and he would say to you, you know, I, I, we can do this deal. You're going to make the payments? And uh, you'd look at him, and you'd say, yes, sir, and, and he'd say, okay, we'll do the deal. I mean, he was a yep. transitional leader in Superior. He really made a, a difference in a lot of people's lives. Yeah, really um, did. I, I had an idea, and I wanted to share because, you know, I mean, I'm always thinking about how can we improve our community, and I just throw sure. my ideas out there. I, I don't have a, any power, you know. But um, when we get to building this new Blotnick Bridge and we got, you know, thousands of vehicles going over the Bong Bridge 
uh, for 10 years while they're building the Blotnick Bridge. We need we need some we need some alternatives to, you know, if there's an accident or emergency vehicle that needs to get between Duluth Superior, you know, the hospitals sure. in Duluth and stuff. My idea, and you're a military guy, you can probably understand what I'm trying to say. What about from the old Arrowhead, where the old Arrowhead Bridge used to be, you know, from the fishing pier on Wisconsin side to the is it sure. the, the dock side over in by where Shopper City used to be in Duluth there? Um, yeah. Why couldn't we build, they do it in wartime, why couldn't we build a, a, a floating bridge like they do in the military? You know, it wouldn't have to be for 10 years, but they could put it up temporarily for six or eight months, you know, so cars or pickup trucks can get across the bay. Um, they could think about an idea like that for a temporary period of time and then put it up again the following year because we need more uh, infrastructure to handle this transition. That's my opinion. It is. Uh, you're absolutely right, right, Jeff. It's going to put a tremendous amount of pressure on the Bong Bridge uh, and and also on the uh, the one out in uh, Gary there. What's what's that called? Is it, That's not the Arrowhead. What is that called out there that Oliver. goes over to uh, Oliver, the Oliver Bridge? That's a that's yeah. a kind of an old uh, wooden bridge in the first place. I guess it has had some some work done to it. But it doesn't take a whole lot of cars. I mean, it's not a it's not a real traffic. Plus, you're out in the middle of nowhere. When you come off the other end of that, you you can't really access anything in Superior very quickly. Yeah, the thing is, you know, there's a city council meeting tonight in Superior. It'd be nice to have people show up and present some ideas. And I also think we need to support this NTEC. A lot of communities would, are jealous. They would love to have a project like that, you know, in, on the horizon. Sure, we need to support the energy. Uh, that energy project. So that's my two Well, like today. like you say if you if you had some sort of a flat vehicle like a a dredge or a barge, you could load, you know, some cars on it and take it across and drop it off on the other side of the bay over there. Even if it happened to be in the boat landing area, you could pull it right up and drop it off. Uh yeah, I would think that that might be a good alternative, at least on an emergency basis. Like you say, if something happens and the lanes get blocked off, you got to have access somewhere. Uh, anyway, moving right along. Thank you, Jeff. Good stuff. And I don't know what they, that, that he's absolutely right, though. Can you just imagine the traffic that's on the Blotnick Bridge right now? All of that being moved on to the traffic that's already flowing on the on the Bong Bridge? Insane. Whew. That's going to be tough. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so the end of this story, and then we're going to go to our Minnesota news break here. Uh, Women claimed that this guy pulled her hair, threw her against the wall, let his family members assault her. This is the second woman uh, that filed a, a, a claim against him. Uh, she said that uh, he pulled her hair, threw her against the wall, let her let his family members assault her. The woman also spoke of an incident when Gooden allegedly grabbed a knife, cut her clothes, and sideswiped her foot, which caused her to fall down the stairs. The second prote- protective order was not granted because the allegations were not proved. See, evidently you got to prove it, and if you don't have any witnesses, if he's got the witnesses, they're on his side— it it makes it very difficult, but uh, he did not dispute that he has been convicted of crimes of violence, um, and that's what suggested or, or caused him to have that lifetime ban. But this has caused a lot of uh, just a, a a lot of uh, 
horrible feelings in that com community of Burnsville. These were young officers, Paul Elmstrand, 27, Matthew Ruge, 27, Adam Finch, 40. He was the paramedic Finseth. Uh, that was assigned Finseth. to that. Finseth. I'm sorry, what did yeah. I say? Adam Finseth. That, that's fine. And then, and then Police Sergeant Adam Meld, uh, uh, Medelcott. He was the one that was wounded. By the way, good news there. He has been released from the hospital and is recuperating at home. So there, there, but there's a lot of pain in that community. The police chief says, uh, we are hurting. Our office, our fire department, our families. Uh, people showed up at the police department there in Burnsville yesterday just randomly and loaded two cars plus a fire truck or a, a, a rescue vehicle with with uh, flowers and sentiments saying how much they loved the officers and respected them and uh, felt so bad for the loss of life that has been caused by this um so it's it's going to be a long a long time before everything is done but uh i think communities learn by these incidents that uh sometimes there are people somebody called this show not too long ago kenny and I don't remember who it was, but they made the statement that there are some people that are just plain rotten and don't deserve a second break. Absolutely. And there are some. And he's yeah, one of them. this guy's one of them. Yeah. He's uh, no doubt in my mind, Brad, that he's uh, in hell burning. Yeah. And, Let's uh, hope. And, you know, yeah. you've got to feel sorry for the children. Seven children, probably from three different wives. Totally innocent. Like, or maybe innocent not even kids. wives. Yeah, they're innocent kids, and how are they going to grow up yeah, now yeah. with that kind of experience? And it's it's just sad. It's going to take a, why why the a anger? Why the evil? You know, that's a lot of times my question. Why is this person so angry in, at life? Why is he so well, evil? Why is he so evil-hearted? Where does this you come from? I think it came through his upbringing. Maybe his upbringing was terrible. Who knows? I don't. But it's just uh, you know, and and yeah, he had. He had taken some steps to try to clean himself up a little bit, but uh, but he had a real problem with uh, women, with treating women with any kind of respect at all. And uh, yeah, he's uh, there's a there are places for guys like that in hell. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I think we, I, I did get a call from a, a listener, Brad, and I want to thank Sharon because she brought to my attention, and, and I think it's okay. appropriate, Brad, that this Friday when we play taps, we can mention the three names. Uh, the two police yes. officers, but in particular the firefighter, the paramedic. Um, his name was Adam Finseth. Adam Finseth, he was a uh, he was he served in the army in the army's Bravo Company, first battalion, three hundred twenty seventh infantry during Operation Iraqi Freedom. There you go. There you go. And he was a he served and he volunteered to be on this uh, SWAT team. Man. So, tough way to go. Anyway, yeah, let's take our uh, let's take our Minnesota news break, and then we'll come back and wrap up our number one. KDAL time eleven fifty six, and sunshine and mild temperatures and thirty eight degrees in Duluth. Gotta love it. Unreal. Gotta love it. Unreal. Well, you know, we love the weather almost as much as we love some of our great uh, sponsors. Ones like like Solutions Insurance over in uh, the Spirit Valley Shopping Center. Oh, my God. We we love talking to them, especially on Thursdays when they call with the win of the week. How you become a win of the week? Very simply, all you have to do is pick up the phone and dial 218 
628-1878. That's 218-628-1878. And when Solutions answers the phone, just ask them, can you give me one of those free insurance checkups like you guys always talk about on Bennett Show? And they will take the information from you one time. As Chris Lohmeyer said many, many times, they represent 60 to 70 companies. And we have heard people, and Kenny will verify this, we have heard cases where they have saved 1,000, 2,000, sometimes even more than that, simply by allowing one of the fine agents over there, whether it's Heidi or Allie or Maggie or Tim or Sonia or Chris, any of them, They'll roll up their sleeves and go to work for you and try to find you a great company that will give you as good, if not better, insurance than you have now and save you a lot of money doing it. So take the time this week to call Solutions Insurance, 218-628-1878, and see if they can help you out as well. Well, we're going to we're going to come back very shortly uh with our number 2. We've got a lot more to to discuss. We're not going to continue to discuss this uh, tragic situation in Burnsville unless somebody wants to wants to talk about it, then we'll for sure do that. But uh we are going to continue with much more when we come back right after this uh quick top of the hour news break here on 610 KDAL with sound off here in the morning. Well, it'll be into the afternoon when we come back. Yeah, as a matter of fact, Brad, so, I think we're going to have a special guest at the bottom of next hour. And I'll share some really? of those details with you as we go okay. to our uh, top of the hour news break here. And yeah, then I'll communicate please. with you here. And you and I have got to discuss something, okay. if I'm not Good. mistaken. And yep. uh, we'll get that yes. music up here and get to CBS right. News. And, uh, yeah, bottom of the hour, uh, special guest. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. All right. 